very annoying. Welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back for another episode of The Peripheral, number four of season one, Jackpot, written by, well, story by Brown Garrity, teleplay by Scott B. Smith, directed by Alric Riley. I gave this episode an 8.5 out of 10. It was nice getting some backstory, but I do feel we're almost at the, well, would this be the, yeah, this is the halfway point and we're getting a little bit of information, but still things feel rather disconnected still. However, I'm still intrigued to find out what the other elements of this story really is, because I don't think we've even scratched the surface yet. I am feeling a little under the weather. So if my voice happens to crack at any moment, (laughs) no, I am dealing with a cold because Ohio is the worst. Before we jump into the review, wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. If you want to send feedback on the peripheral or any other show that I'm doing, blackercouch at gmail.com. We begin with a flashback between Alita and Wilf and some dickhead named Angus where it feels as if the children in this post-apocalyptic world are are uh, foraging for themselves and living in an abandoned bus suddenly they see outside a group of of a uh, what do you want to call these people that go out like Red Cross folks that are giving out free food to other children so Wilf is sent out by Angus because he isn't pulling his weight so he says to investigate and I will say the actor that they got to play young Wilf and even the actress they got to play young Alita they certainly reflect on their adult counterparts very well Wilf has a sense of humor but he also is I don't know. I'm still waiting to hear this other side because it was alluded to that he's some kind of badass. I'm like, I ain't seen it yet. But this is an illusion. The uh, the whole feeding kids just to get kids to go out because they all are aware of the fact that some kids are getting snatched up. Alita even says so and saying, I'm not going to follow you. This is the last time. But why when you're in trouble you go call her name and you know she gonna come running so both of them get snatched up and it is unfortunate but that is our our backstory thus far that we have for these characters and it informs that Lev has gotten Wilf to even follow up on this because of his connection to Alita but Alita's the one but I feel like Wilf is the one that talked Alita into it yeah so I guess Wilf works for Lev Lev got his friend Wilf to reach out to his sister Alita for this mission but Wilf is not aware of what that mission is and he's not sure is beginning to become unsure about his benefactor and the morality of what he's doing But I feel as if if you're part of how they're defining the clept, they are naturally immoral people. So Wilf has to have some indication that whatever was happening was not on the up and up. But 
I suppose he thought it was a manageable risk. That is neither here nor there. Flynn is not doing well using this VR headset, which is to be expected. You're you're transferring your consciousness into the future via this headset and technology. And now, and now you're starting to get the consequences, which is the 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 cramping up of her hand, which every time they show that, it just, ooh, I've had, if you've never had your foot or your leg fall asleep, it's the worst shit ever. So I felt for her in that moment where she squeezed the whole entire thing of toothpaste out. She sees the, the redness in her eyes. Like she's starting to show bruising, even though it was her mind that got bruised, not her physical body. So that's pretty trippy. And in the conversation with her brother, where they go back and forth because they get company. That's that's what first happens. Tommy shows up in his truck. Like, I'm not here as an officer. I'm here as a friend. I noticed that you were shaking hands with Pickett. Do you need some help? No, we're fine. All right. Because it feels like something's going on. And I, I'm absolutely with Burton in this one. When he talks to her, when they go, because she's like, oh, I feel so bad that we're lying to him. And why can't we tell him the same thing we're telling other people? Well, the difference is he's a police officer. And the minute he realizes we have eight bodies in the back, he may want to be a friend, but he's also a member of the law. He uh, also points out she might be emotionally compromised when it comes to Tammy due to her longstanding crush that everyone seems to know about. She's like, did you go through my trash? It's right there, visible for everyone to see. This leads to yet another argument between the two where she points out that her little crush is the only thing that got her through him going off and while he's cold and, and suffered going through whatever trauma he went through. She's been the one that's been the caretaker of all of them. And he doesn't have a right to use her emotions as a weapon against her. And then she has a seizure. He takes it to the hospital. She doesn't want to go in because she says that uh, she's fine, but clearly she's not. And he ends up taking her in and revealing that they've been using a new sim when they speak to Dee Dee, which is Tommy's fiance. And she wants to know the name of the company. He thinks he'll be able to put her off. But I have a feeling with her husband also probably asking questions like, oh, Flynn's in the hospital. What the fuck happened? And they still have to wait for her CT scan, which I have a feeling is going to have some revealing shit on it because it sounds like she had a grand mal seizure, but she doesn't have any of the other after effects of a grand mal seizure. He, of course, forbids her to not go on the headset. So she goes and watches some old home movies of when they went trick-or-treating during the day (laughs) with her dad. And he, Burton, apologizes. But she says, it's nothing to apologize for. Mama's better. And going there is worth whatever the risk is to my body. However, you were just cursing him out (laughs) about all the things in which he has uh, 
Yes, not acknowledged in her life. Sharice has Daniel reconstructed and wants him exactly the way she remembers him. <laughs> and luckily his death was not in vain as they she finally got the connection to the club via Lev as well as Wilf. Daniel wants to kill Wilf and she might allow that because she said that's complicated with the club situation. She locates where Lev is and goes to talk to him, have a very enlightening conversation. Now, Mrs. Mrs. Lev, don't remember how to say the last name. Apparently, Lev has a wife, didn't know that. She is married to a very influential family, it would seem. And she wants to know why Wilf slithers in and out of the house that she kind of thinks he is uh possibly untrustworthy however she brings up that they saw him dancing and knows that his moving about is simply his natural rhythm so she wants to dance with them the weird part about this is the fact that lev seems to either be controlling or simply spying on the interaction creeper oh man he has made several references to wilf as his pet and even when sharice says what were you doing just now oh my wife was playing with one of her pets and i was like okay and he says pets are more trustworthy than friends is he playing with his pet as well that is the question but Sharice came with her umbrella and really sat her ass down talking about, oh, your security must not be as good as you thought. I'm disrespectful as the fuck. She reminds him. Well, first she says, I think you've stolen something from me. And he's like, hypothetically, if I stole something from you, shouldn't you go to the Met Police? And she remarks that they have a very delicate hierarchy. There's the Klept, who, uh apparently is one of violence and order there is the ri who is the technologically advanced part of the dynamic and then there's the metropolitan police who keeps the klept in check with the existence of the with the assistance of the ri and that he stepping over the line by stealing something would be a bad idea and while he certainly tries to rebuttal back and try to get her afraid of him she definitely has the last word by bringing up someone named yuri and how they annihilated his whole entire line so that the klept are not uh to remind him that the klept are not above reproach and all it takes is a little sample of their DNA. He looks down at his tea. She looks down at his tea. And when she left, he didn't have no more tea. Gotcha, bitch. He looks sufficiently scared, but doesn't take any type of offensive or defensive move. So is it possible his wife is the far more savvy member of the family and he may be trying to step out on his own? Because she said, what is he up to? when she was dancing with Wilf. And I'm thinking that's why she was spying in particular because he wanted, he's playing some chess game. 
And that was brought up this episode as well. Like Connor, he puts out a whole bunch of moves called a gambit. I am always more terrified of those that are quiet and watching than those (laughs) that are very maniacally believing themselves to be in charge. Connor and Burton discuss, well, Connor, Burton and Leon discuss confronting the others in the future, like physically, like they're ready to jump in because they're like, look, y'all just telling us what to do. Fuck that. We need to get physically bodied up on people. All right. So that they know who they fucking with. So Connor wants to go in, but they keep bringing up the fact that he could spaz out or something to that effect. It's far more of a risk with Connor or with Burton than it is with Connor. Cause he's like, wait, I could get a body. When we go into the future, the avatar of, of Flynn is getting her hair done by Ash. Cause Ash just likes to do that. So Connor wakes up and I love the reaction. Cause he's looking at his legs and Ash knows immediately. It's not Flynn. <laughs> And he turns around like, who the fuck are you? Then he jumps out of a window in Flynn's avatar. But unfortunately, he is kicked out very quickly. And the way he even wakes up from that, I was like, wow, Connor is the goat. He was he was having a lot of fun. He's like, I want to go back. I need to go back. That shit is too. I mean, and and how can you not? Right. How can it's the whole thing of Jake Sully (laughs) all over again. Why, how could you not want to recover your limbs in a world in which your mind can feel it all and your body uh, can also experience things that you currently cannot? Wealth goes to see Flynn when she's in her memory or in her, uh, her uh, home movie arranged by Ash. And Wolf says, look, I don't fucking know anything about what's going on. Uh, with your the physical trauma of that and she's like oh that's the first honest answer you've given me (laughs) because he's like oh I have no idea Uh, don't ask me that follow-up and I think he's starting to suspect okay this is like he's willing to do anything for his sister because he after he asked like what is this (laughs) and she explained the home movie like that's my brother he looks like your father you're wearing your father's or your father's wearing your jacket no I'm wearing my father's jacket he's passed away and she says I'll do anything for my brother despite talking shit about him because it's like it must be a cultural thing and I know for facts that British people talk all of the shit about the people they love constantly so (laughs) but he He promises that he will help her as best he can, which is another uh, truth that she gets out of him, especially when she reveals, look, I looked up your boss, not a lot on you, but I looked up your boss and his family was murdered. He's part of the mafia and his family was murdered a couple of weeks ago. So Wilf goes to talk to Lev at his club and he is given a blindfold because the others don't like to have themselves seen by the lesser thens. Why you gotta be so rude? Don't you know I'm human too? And 
with a great deal of empathy, he tells Lev that his family was recently murdered. Maybe you're being attacked. Shouldn't that be concerning to you? But me reading his face, I still kind of didn't expect him to have sent someone because he's like, you murdered. Oh, no, I hired the appropriate people. <laughs> but he also gives us a little insight of because he's like, what, is, what, what exactly was Alita doing for you? And it turns out that they wanted to open their own stubs for their own endless possibilities to make hard earned cash. So that's interesting. They're opening their own world, creating ultimate alternate timelines to do things like test a new drug that would be unethical and costly on our end in this new stub which makes me worried about the drug that they gave to her mama because they keep bringing that up and i'm like ah uh, uh, that's not <laughs> that's not news i would want to hear but he also tells him look i had a, a little bit of a crisis a nihilistic crisis and I, and I needed to feel better so yeah I had my family murdered and I intend to do that the first task the next time we open other worlds other worlds oh no I know or in this case stubs but I'm thinking about the technology that is currently because I've said that for the first episode it's like weird that it's it's uh it seems like everything else is the same but you have these technologies that are being introduced that feel way advanced for the timeline and now i'm like oh that makes sense because they're probably putting some of this technology in this timeline could they possibly be stealing it from the ri i'm really concerned when we go back to that conversation a little bit later with with a. Uh, because she it's morning time he's making breakfast connor and burton are talking about which teacher they would like to marry fuck or kill <laughs> and it turns out one teacher persuaded him into joining up and then he connor persuaded the other ones with the same speech to join up to the military i feel like there's a connection there i don't know what it is but certainly what they have is a lot is very elite. And the fact that the same thing when she brings Flynn, not only does she have another hand cramp, but she brings the situation to them that when we got to Alita's place, she had a map of our home of of this place. And all of you guys were like toy soldiers. Are we playthings to them? And she decides to go back despite her brother's concerns not to do so. They want their own peripherals. She's like, I can make that shit happen. And so she shows back up after being coached by her brother that you need to take control of the situation like you would do any other sim, even though this is not a sim. So she decides she wants to go out and explore the world. Uh, despite Ocean trying his best, this is another fucked up thing now that I know that people exist in two different worlds. Is Edward... The kid that was that was going toe to toe with Ocean, they seem like the same person, nah? He even said he's like they're surprisingly good at this. Like what the fuck? <laughs> and homeboy, see, I mean, it just the way they were going back and forth and they countered each other. 
and how he was able to override him. That was great. And then Ocean speaks in another language to Ash, like, hey, Lev is not going to be happy. And it could be the end of all of us if the Met police find her once again. So you have to stop her. I'll inform Lev of the situation. He dispatches Wilf. And while he is able to successfully shut her down once, once Edward gets back on the keys, she's back. And she confronts Ash, like, what the fuck happened here? Where are all the people? You're hiding something from me. And if you're going to lie to me to my face, I want you to look me in the eye and do it. So she ends up realizing that she does owe her some explanation. So she takes her to a cemetery and they go through the three phases of the jackpot, which basically is a metaphor for the apocalyptic events that occurred seven years from now in Flynn's timeline. First, there's going to be a hack of the, the power grids and they're going to be taken out in North America, causing blackouts. And then it looks like a few years later, there's a pandemic, uh, the blood disease or the blood, uh, the blood flu. I don't know, but it, it attacks your spleen and causes your shit to burst. It doesn't sound great at all. And then you have population collapse with environmental failure until eventually a nuclear explosion happened in the same town of North Carolina that Flynn resides in. This all is a lot for anyone to take in. I thought that the 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 cinematography around this was well done. And Wilf had no problem telling her as well, you know, this is the truth of the events and the irony around it. And when she comes back, he's like, so you get us our bodies? Yeah, I'm working on it. And doesn't tell him anything about what she learned, which that's a lot to put on anyone else. She needs to process that first. I can understand that. But that's still a really abrupt way to end the episode. And that was our episode. I'm pretty sure I didn't miss anything. Now that Sharice has Daniel back, I'm guessing they're going to dispatch more people to try to take them out. But what is she going to do about the Wilf and Lev situation? Is she going to go to the Met or is she just going to give him a chance or an opportunity to return what was stolen? And what was stolen seems to have been uploaded to Flynn or at least the avatar for her brother. So how does that the, the switcheroo change things? Once again, if you want to send feedback for our next episode, blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. Real hard. Correct that will. Hustling, 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 hustling.